You know, right this second is actually where I've first felt the nervousness of the Leafs in the postseason, thinking about the idea of them and the Montreal Canadiens mm. in the first round, because that's where we're headed. And maybe a healthy Carey Price is a little banged up right now, but Jake Allen's been better. Yeah. Uh, and that team rolls four lines. Scary, scary, scary matchup. Leafs are obviously favored in it, and rightly so, but I don't know. I, I think I'd rather face the Oilers. In fact, I know what I would. What are you talking about? Of course you would. Yeah. Is is Patrick Laleem there? Yeah, let's bring him in because, okay, I, I've had a couple of different thoughts about the Habs over the last couple of days, and especially when it comes to Leafs. But the the way I see it, and Patrick Laleem is now former NHL goaltender and current analyst for TVS Sports. Hey, Pat, how you doing, man? Hey, good morning, guys. Doing great, thanks. Good morning, man. Thanks for jumping on the show. So, for, from my eyes, no team has pushed the Leafs like the Canadians. People are afraid of the Jets because they have Connor Hellebuck, which makes a lot of sense because who wants to face a guy who's won a Vesna and who can steal a series? We've seen that a million different times. But it was early in the year when these teams played. The Leafs aren't quite what they were now. They they weren't as formula. They they're, they're not as much of the final product, obviously, than when they played the Habs. But to me, no team was able to actually impose their style and their will on the Leafs all season as well as the Habs have. Do you see it too? Do you see that Montreal matches up well against this team? That, hey, they might not have the talent, but when it comes to dictating the style of play, this is the team that can push Toronto. Yeah, I I think so. I think uh, Montreal is a well-balanced team. Uh, It's a fast team uh, that's ready to work. And uh, they they don't have... uh, the prime talent as Toronto has, but uh, they're ready to play the system. And I think, you know, when I look at Montreal, I think they can beat anybody. I think they can get beat by anybody. That's pretty much when I see from Montreal, you know. I think they're that good of a team that uh, they're not afraid of anyone, even now with a little more depth. But uh, it's always the challenge of uh, staying healthy at that time of the year. But I surely think Montreal and Toronto would make it an exciting series. That would be awesome. Yeah, it would be great. It would be terrifying for me because yeah, I have a lot at stake here. I, I, like most of my college roommates were Habs fans, and I have a lot of money on the line if they end up facing each other in a series and a lot of pride. Basically, just you know, my my whole purpose, my whole life purpose is going to be about beating Montreal in this game. Like I, I was joking about this online the other day, but Toronto beating. Montreal in game 82 of I think 06 was probably the highlight of my entire university when it came to sports. <laughs> it was dark times. <laughs> they didn't make the playoffs and it was that crucial for me living in a house with Habs fans. So yeah, I want that rivalry. I really want these games. But the same thing keep coming back when I watch them, which is Montreal pushes them. Montreal makes them work. They have a ton of balance. And then all of a sudden, Austin Matthews rips one, and you go, well, that's the difference between the two teams. It's just there's a way different caliber when it comes to those top-end players. And the stall trade, I mean, early returns, great. Nice player, used to be a star. I wouldn't qualify him as that now. Is there real pressure in Montreal right now heading into the deadline towards Mark Bergevin of, hey, we would really like to see you do something. We would like to see you add some real firepower so that if you do end up with a series against Toronto, you have somebody we believe can create a play for themselves and finish for themselves. Uh, I don't think uh, offensively Mark is looking to add anything. I think uh, the stall move was one uh, he had in mind. You know, there's a young uh, center line in Montreal that he wanted to bring some experience. And uh, I think their plays... If Gallagher could be healthy, he will be if it comes playoff time. But you have Toffoli that's been uh, doing 
excellent since the beginning of the year. Anderson can score. I think they're a well-balanced scoring machine offensively. Personally, I think if they're looking for something, it would be a defenseman. Uh, having a little depth at defense, uh, Chirot's going to be back at some point, but uh, you never have enough experience, and especially if you want to go for a long run, you need to have uh, uh, another guy, I think, to that defenseman. Now you have Mete in and uh, Romanov as a third uh, pairing, but I think you can add a little more experience. But I don't think offensively uh, they're looking to get that uh, big scoring guy. I think they'll do it by committee. It's been working for them for most of the year when uh, they were healthy. And I think that's how they're going to approach it come playoff times. Yeah, the Gallagher thing is super interesting considering, yeah, it doesn't seem like his playoff status is in doubt, but they could maybe throw him on LTIR for the rest of the regular season, really free up some some spending space Mm -hmm. here before the deadline on Monday. Um, The Carey Price thing is super interesting too. Um, Patrick, because there's this report and the team saying as much that he was dealing with some some nagging stuff before he suffers that injury against the Oilers, and Jake Allen's been so good. Like, I know that they're still technically playing for their playoff lives, but the four teams are locked in in the North Division. What do you make of that decision to even have Carey Price play in that game? Uh, well, to finish the game, you mean last game? Yeah, I, I was well, I was I was surprised that he stayed in. To be honest, when uh, clearly you saw it on TV, you know you saw it that he was uh, dealing with uh, discomfort. And uh, at that time, I mean, it's a personal decision. You know, uh, uh, he felt that uh, he, it was okay. He, he felt it weak for sure. I, personally, I'm not a doctor, but I've been there before. It looked like to me it was uh, the knee and uh, whatever it is. Uh, at this time of the year, it's going to take a few weeks for sure because uh, uh, even if it's the groin, the knee, uh, by the time you, you know you clear your mind, you, it, it's hurting now. And by the time you start feeling better, just trusting, going down on it and be 100% sure, it takes a bit of time. Uh, personally, I think it will be a matter of a couple of weeks, if not a little more, to be on the cautious side, which at this time of the year, like you said, I think it's not that bad considering that uh, Calgary and uh, Vancouver are not in the balls. They're far behind, So, uh, and you want to have a healthy Carey Price coming playoff time. So you want to clearly make sure he comes back 100%, and it's uh, Jake Allen's time to shine. And that's going to be interesting. Uh, Allen's been having a very good year so far yeah. for Montreal, and uh but being there, uh, when, you, when you're doing good, you get someone in front of you who's taking all the bullets and carry price. Now he's gone. And now you become the man. And now, just in your head, the way you approach the situation sometimes, uh, it puts a little more pressure. Uh, Jake's been there in the past. You know, he's been a number one before. But it's going to be interesting to see how he's going to handle uh, the duties of the number one again. Yeah, dude, and he's got a 9.22 save. He's been great in the 12 games yep. he's played for the Habs this year. Is there any possibility that he plays so well while Price is out that people are going to start to have conversations like, hey, this could get closer to a tandem if Price struggles again? Because he had a dip to start the year. Carey Price bounced back. He looked great. But now he's dealing with an injury. you got to figure that they're going to maintain his minutes or his ice uh, a little bit differently down the stretch. Is it anywhere near that type of a discussion, or is that just a non-starter, even in Montreal? Not a chance. I don't think uh, uh, Jake has been great. You understand his role. Uh, Kerry's been doing very well over the last month. He's been one of the better goalies in the league. 
And uh, so that that was nice to see because it wasn't such a good year for him. And having Jake there, I think, was helping in a way that, you know, give him time to find his game again, which he did before he got hurt. But uh, Price, you saw it in the playoffs last year against Pittsburgh. You know, that's that's the guy that you signed for the big ticket. You want him to make a difference. You want him to win a series. And that's what you expect from Carey Price. And I know it's going to be a tough challenge, which it has been all year long, because the North Division is not a friendly division for goalies. And uh, there's so much talent up front. But uh, even if you face uh, McDavid or uh, the Shifley in Winnipeg, I think it's going to be a challenge for a goalie. But that's where you can make a difference. and That's where people will be expecting Price to do it. So I'm just projecting, right? Because we're here in Toronto where the starting goaltender that has been in the net for the last (laughs) few seasons is hurt. And the guy that has stepped in who is doing sort of the thing that you outline where you say, hey, it's a different mental approach when you're uh, the starter every day versus when you're the backup and it's only a spot start here. Jack Campbell's been great. He's won yeah. nine games. He hasn't lost. And he's not just winning these games. He's performing extremely well in them. Like he's come up with some massive saves. He looks really athletic in net. He's been solid for them. And I, I'm not really sure you dealt with the exact same thing when it came to the end of your tenure in Ottawa, but I did think about it as, as we were getting ready for you, right? You had Ray Emery, and I think it was Martin Prusak coming up right behind you. Yeah, when when yeah. you started to feel that added pressure of, hey, um, I have put in a lot of sweat equity with this team. You guys were really competitive. It was good teams. You had had a lot of good years. How did that affect you? Like, how does that affect the starting goaltender when there's someone behind him that's actually really, really pushing him and your job security and contracts, like those things start to come into play? I think it's great. And I think it's going to be good for uh, Freddie whenever he comes back. Uh, Having a guy that can do the job, you know, push you every night you go in there and you have to perform, you have to make a difference. And I don't think he really had that in – in Toronto over the last few years, uh, talking about Freddie and uh, contracts up. Uh, he's played a lot of hockey since he's been in Toronto. To that, I think that's a factor too. I know people in Toronto uh, are uh, are tough on him, and they're probably uh, are right. And uh, but I watched the playoffs. I, I was doing the playoffs last year, uh, covering, and I still think that he, you know, he's going to be the guy, and he, he he's able to make a difference. I still think Freddie Anderson is a very good goalie, and uh, he's got enough experience. He can battle through this. I think at some point, uh, he, uh, he didn't get enough, uh, <laughs> if we can say that, like offensive support. It was tough against Columbus. It was tight games, and the the problem with him is he led in a bad one. And when you led in a bad one. Uh, it's hard on on your teammates. It's hard on the fans. It's hard on everybody. And that's the one thing he's got to change. But if he takes care of that part, I think he can do a very good job. But having a guy that can push you, I had it in uh, Chicago. I was with Happy Bullen, and I had Ryan Miller in Buffalo as well. My role wasn't as big, of course. But every time you go in there, you know that you have to perform if you want to play again because the other guy is going to keep going. You know, so I, I yeah. think it's going to be good for him, and we'll see. I mean, Jake Allen, I really like what he, uh, Jake, Jack Campbell, I really like what he's been doing now. Uh, he doesn't have much experience. Can he do the job? I'm sure he can. There's so many good goalies out there, and he's proven in the past, so wherever he's been, and the junior, whatever, he just didn't really get a shot in the NHL as number one. 
So I guess the thing that just scares me is generally I think pro athletes are that way. You want to have someone that's pushing you, that's driving you, that's trying to yeah. make you better. That's all walks of life, right? I, I just – the thing I think that scares Leafs fans because it certainly scares me is, well, if your goalie's thing is – or his Achilles heel is that sometimes he lets in bad goals – how do bad goals happen? I would figure that a lot of it is just, you know, brain farts or pressure that it's starting to build up on you where you make a mistake and it compounds itself and you know that that's riding on your shoulders. And so maybe for the guy that's already got so many things to think about, whether it's his free agency, where he's going to live next year, how his legacy is going to be defined in his city, how his teammates are going to feel if he's the reason why he lets in a goal and now Joe Thornton and Jason Spezza and Wayne Simmons, guys who've been around the league for a long time, don't end up with a Stanley Cup ring. And that Jack Campbell's right there. To, to me, this just feels a little bit more powder keggy than you versus a, a goaltender where you're trying to just get kind of the better footing and, and put yourself in a position to be your best self. Like, this is a lot of pressure on a guy. We didn't even talk about this media market, dude. <laughs> well, if he, what you just said, if he thinks about all that stuff, he's done. Don't put him in. Yeah. Don't put him in because, because he's not going to handle it. I think uh, you just always get to keep it simple in your head as a goalie. You always get to look at the opportunity in front of you. You know what happened in the past. You know people are going to talk about it. This is where you get to push that aside as easy as it may sound. It's not always easy to do. And I've been there before, but uh, uh, you always get to look ahead. Challenge ahead. What's ahead? Don't think too much. Just do your job and trust what you've been uh, you know, your preparation and all that stuff. And I still think Freddie can do that. I, uh, I, I always thought he was a good goalie. I still do. And uh, I know I know pressure's there. He's not the only one who's got to answer the bell, but he's, he surely has to do it in Toronto. They expect it, and he, he has to deliver. I, that's all I look at it. I, I, I would be surprised unless uh, Anderson is hurt, uh, very more seriously than we think then that Toronto will go get a goalie. I know Campbell's not 100%, but uh, and if, if Freddie doesn't perform well, you give him a couple games, and if it doesn't work well, Jack, you've been waiting for that all your life. Let's see what you can do, you know? Like, you always had that option, but I still think it's Freddie's net to lose right now. I think you also just described why I was a crappy goalie. I was just thinking about everything all the time. Yeah, <laughs> you know, but, but you know, it surely wasn't my athletic gifts and the fact that I'm five ten. That has zero to do with it. It was just the mental stuff. You know, that's it. That's a, the body is perfect. The mind was just not there. That's the only reason. Well, it's funny you say that, and I will always remember uh, when I was in Ottawa. Greg Mellon, you remember? Well, you you know Greg Mellon. You work on yeah, TV now, yeah. and uh, I was doing a couple of games, and uh, I had a bad game. And he came. He asked me. He said, "How do you feel?" I said, ah, "You know, all right." He's like, you know what the difference is between you and brother? Well, you might say there's a lot more difference than that, and I agree. But he said, Marty brother was able to, uh, like, to, uh, I don't know how to say it, but like to feel to, uh, like he just had a shutout the night before. Even if he led in seven, when he goes, when he was going back in the net, in his mind, it's like he had a shutout before. He was feeling it like the confidence level was always there. And that's something that I learned at that time. And I said, wow, that's, that's a good way to look at things. Sometimes you, you get carried away and you're like, well, I had a bad game. And it's in your head until you start the next one and you feel better. But uh, I was trying to have that mindset. That's the word I was looking for. 
And uh, that's why the, the best goalies or the best players, they're able to come back right away and they, they move on. Yeah, because they have strong minds. Mine's weak. I need like a hypnotist or something. I can't just tell my brain not to think about yeah. those things. Oh. Yeah, it doesn't, doesn't work for me. I need drugs or just something that just knocks out that part of my brain. Then it'd be yeah. fine. It'd be cool. Beta blockers. That's, yeah. that's what those are for. Uh, Patrick, this is great. I uh, can't wait for the game tonight. Can't wait for a first-round series uh, between these two teams, despite the fact that it'll be terrifying. Thanks for doing yeah. this. Thanks, Steve. <laughs> Pleasure, guys. Take care. See ya. Yeah. Patrick Lulim, former NHL goalie. Did I ever tell you my Patrick Lulim sports? No, I maybe. Well, just, I don't know. So when you're starting off in this business, mm-hmm. you're still learning some of the ropes, right? In terms of how to act. And I got into this because I'm a hardcore sports fan, right? And as much as I try to pretend like I care about other teams the way that I care about the Leafs, it's just not true. It's just not true. I... I desperately, desperately, desperately want the Leafs to win. When my dad died, I remember thinking, I'm so mad that we never got to watch the Leafs win together. That actually was one of the first things that I thought of. Uh, Before even funeral arrangements, that was it. (laughs) I was like, okay, this is brutal. We're not going to watch the Stanley Cup win together. Um, So when I first was working at the fan, I booked him for some show. I can't remember what it was. And I was just a producer and I was joking with him on the phone. And uh, the whole time in my mind, I thought I need to be able to bring this up and just kind of get a dig in on this. Because I hated those Senators teams, obviously, right? Like the most foundational hockey memories I have were hating those Senators teams. I still to this day don't know how... I would do speaking with Chris Niels on the show. I mm-hmm. truly don't. I I had such a dis- Chris Neal chasing around Ty Domi when Ty Domi was washed and done and not ready to fight anymore is what, one of the worst I've ever felt. Mm-hmm. So he gets on the phone and I'm just I'm a dick. Like I don't know what else to say. I just that's who I am. I'm just not a good guy. I'm a bad person sometimes. And he's I'm like, hey Patrick, thanks for the time. Joke around. I I made some joke about because we had a lot of time before the air or something like that. I can't remember why we were talking for so long because we talked for like a couple of minutes. And I made some joke about him letting in those goals. New and Dyke or something. Yeah, yeah, no, not some other goal. (laughs) No, the New and Dyke goal, obviously. And he just started laughing and shooting it and being like, oh, news. And immediately as just butter where – oh, crap. Now I really like Patrick Lulim. And we've talked a couple of times. He is a – genuine awesome dude like a truly truly awesome dude they, when sometimes they say don't meet your heroes Patrick Laleem was a don't meet your enemies because I really like Patrick Laleem now he's really really great gracious with his time funny nice all those things I, I, I now look back on those memories and they're a little tainted when they show the highlights because I feel bad for him now that we know him so sorry you, I have to live in that reality the rest of you do too that listen to the show so do you well, Patrick Laleem First ballot, great guy. We just listened to him. And yeah, Yeah. seems like a great guy.